Heavenly Father, we come into your, into your presence singing the songs of the angels. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Hallelujah, Lord Most High. Father, we come into this place in this mysterious time of Advent singing these heavenly songs and at the same time knowing that we are not there yet. Father, in this time we we feel the need of you. We are made with stuff of earth and our very flesh cries out, come Lord Jesus, come. Make this world right. Come, bring your kingdom with power. Come Jesus, please. And we worship you because we know that you have come and you are coming again in power to ultimately rescue and deliver. Father, you have given us yourself and you've given us your spirit. You've given us your word. You have equipped us well for this in-between time. So Lord, today, Help us to lean in to what you have for us in your word. That though we are in this in-between time, we may stand up. We may raise our heads and know that our salvation is drawing near every moment. To the glory of Christ, we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me as we hear Matthew 11, 2 through 11. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, 2 through 11. Hear God's word. Now, when John the Baptist heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered him, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes. I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, 
among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God, and so we declare thanks be to God. You may be seated. Expectations. Expectations are real. Anybody have any expectations around the next, oh, I don't know, two to three weeks of your life? <laughs> no. Lots of expectations this time of year, right? Will the concert be as good as I've heard? Will the food be great? Will they fight when they're in the same room? Will the presence elicit the response you hope? Some of us might hedge our expectations. We're not quite sure if we're going to be able to get everybody together, so we're just going to expect that we won't. And then, if everybody actually does get together, well, then that's just gravy. It's just icing on the cake. It's just even better. But we might hedge our expectations. Because if you expect everything and it doesn't happen, then, you know, then you might feel bad. Expectations. John the Baptist had distinct expectations about who the Messiah would be and what the Messiah would do. Verse 2 and 3 put right before us how the forerunner, how John the Baptist, the, the greatest of the prophets and the last of them, John the Baptist is struggling with his expectations. Verse 2, now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, the great lover king, Jesus, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? This is the same John that we looked at last week in Matthew chapter 3 who was sure after baptizing Jesus in the Jordan that this is the one. He is the one who is to come. He is the one who, remember, he will, he will clear his threshing floor and he will burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. But the grain he will gather into his barn. He's the one where the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Judgment is coming. The Messiah is the one who's bringing it. Now he's not too sure. I know Messiah is supposed to bring judgment, but Jesus, what are you up to? Doesn't look like judgment to me. John, what we need to know, if you remember your biblical history, so, so John uh, preaches in the wilderness, he baptizes in the Jordan, Jesus comes for, for baptism, and John, he sees Jesus, he says, I need to be baptized by you, not, not me baptizing you. I need to be baptized by you because you're the Messiah. Jesus says, no, let it, let it be so. 
It's fulfilling righteousness. This is the way it needs to be. And so John continues his rock star ministry. Jesus begins his uh, itinerant ministry. And then along the way, John the Baptist gets on the wrong side of powerful people. And he publicly criticizes Herod's immoral marriage to his sister-in-law. We don't have to get into the weeds, but uh, Herod speaks out. Not good stuff is happening. And Herod throws John into prison. And John's been in prison. And he's waiting in prison. And he's watching. Now, John is no wallflower. He's no pushover. He's not a wimp. I mean, my goodness. He's a, he's a fierce prophet of the wilderness. And I can just see him waiting in prison going, judgment's coming. And I'm going to get out of here. And the Messiah is going to make it right. Let's go, Jesus. I know you're the one. Do it. Bring the kingdom. And yet, the kingdom doesn't come the way that John thinks it should. The judgment the clearing of the threshing floor, the, the axe at the root of the trees, that judgment, it hasn't materialized in Jesus' ministry. Far from it. He hasn't heard much of any kind of judgment so far in Jesus' ministry. And so John is so troubled by this while he's in prison. I, I think John's just, he's simply puzzled. And so he sends his men to go talk to Jesus. And, and we have this question. Are you the one who is coming? Or shall we look for another one? What expectations do you have of Jesus Christ? What expectation do you have that you think Messiah should be doing? John wanted Messiah to take some names and get it done. Bring your kingdom now. Tell Herod who he is, that he needs to bow his knee to you. Kick out the Romans. Bring righteousness. Make it right. We kind of sing about some of that stuff at Advent, don't we? We just did. Come, Lord, quickly come. We still want the same things. Maybe, maybe you are praying for Jesus Christ to come and end the plague of abortion. Or the blight of racism. Or injustices that you see in our culture and society. Maybe you look around and pass the panhandlers at North Avenue or on Galena. And, 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 and whether you give a gift card or say a prayer, maybe you think, Lord Jesus... 
It's not supposed to be like this. Maybe you're asking Jesus, Jesus, why can't we cure cancer? I hate cancer. Jesus, bring your kingdom and heal. We've prayed for it. Why can't you bring it? Maybe you're expecting Jesus just simply to bring your prodigal home. Lord Jesus, I know you can. Please do it. Maybe you're expecting Jesus to help you feel loved or whole. Or to have an abiding sense of joy. What are you expecting from Jesus Christ? Is he living up to those expectations? Jesus graciously answers John's puzzlement. Verse 4, Jesus answered them, go, go and tell John what you hear and what you see. And then, and then he gives six marks of his ministry, which in Jesus' kind of fashion just happened to be six marks of what the Old Testament prophet said the Messiah would actually come to do. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. That just doesn't happen. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. He just did it in the Gospel of Matthew in the context. And the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. All of these things the prophet said Messiah would do. Yes, judgment is part of it, just as John the Baptist preached. And yet, judgment isn't all of it. The prophets with the exception of raising of the dead, which the prophets never say Messiah will do, Jesus throws that one in for free. Listen to Isaiah 28, 18 and 19. In that day, it's the day of the Lord, the deaf shall hear the words of a book. And out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind shall see. Messiah will do that. The meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord, and the poor among mankind shall exalt in the Holy One of Israel. Or the words of Isaiah 35, which we heard the Hartmans read earlier at the lighting of the candle of joy. Behold, your God will come, he will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then... 
The eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. Or maybe Isaiah 61. Do you remember this one? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, writes Isaiah, which Jesus reads in the Gospel of Luke in the synagogue. And he says... Today, this scripture has been fulfilled. The scripture goes like this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress, instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified that's what Messiah comes to do. That's what Messiah has come to bring. Garments of praise, oil of gladness, beauty and healing and wholeness and truth and grace. Go tell John what you hear. Go tell him what you see. As they went away, Jesus, verse 7, began to speak to the crowds concerning John. And basically, he says, you know, why did you go out to the wilderness to see him? Not because he was a reed shaken in the wind. He wasn't some timid guy. He wasn't a, 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 a soft guy, nicely dressed like a king. No, 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 no. No, he was a prophet. And he's more than a prophet. He's the one that the prophets foretold would be the forerunner before Messiah came. And so he quotes from Isaiah. Truly, I say to you, verse 11, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Think about, think about that. No one greater than John. And yet John still is confused. Still puzzled. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. What is your expectation of Jesus? What are you waiting for him to do? Beloved, Don't waver while you wait. If you ever wonder what Jesus is doing in the world, if you ever wonder why Jesus might not be meeting your expectation, I want you to remember this table. Look at this table. Remember this table. Jesus 
this Jesus whom John wanted and expected to come with fierce judgment and an inrush of God's kingdom. That Jesus, Jesus came the first time to endure the judgment that John expected to fall on others. That judgment that sometimes we can hope will fall on them, whoever they are. Yet, friends, this table teaches us that Messiah Jesus came first to drink the cup of God's wrath upon sin that was for us. And through his broken body and shed blood, Jesus covers our sin. He endures God's wrath that we might come into his kingdom accepted, healed, forgiven, adopted, whole, already and not yet, and waiting, waiting, waiting. Don't waver. Keep waiting. Jesus, he's coming. And on that great and glorious day, he will make the world right. And he will make all things new. You can expect that. In the meantime, Heavenly Father, as we come to this table, the Lord's table, we come knowing that we are in between times. Father, we come with the reality that Christ has come and he came with healing in his wings. He came to give us a foretaste of what his kingdom and his power and his reign is all about. He came to endure the judgment that we deserve, the judgment that John the Baptist wanted him to bring. He endured it. And he came out the other side. Father, we thank you that because of Christ and what he has done, we are partakers of a kingdom. A kingdom that is here, at hand, near, present. A kingdom that has come in Christ. A kingdom that is spreading out upon the earth. Sometimes visibly, many times mysteriously. And yet we are part of it. Father, we wait. Father, um, John, in prison, waited. And his waiting did not result 
in physical deliverance. He was killed. And yet Christ has come so that even death is swallowed up in victory. Father, I know that you don't always give us what we expect or what we think we should get. And yet your plan for each of us is good and it is right. And you are with us. Emmanuel. So Father, as we wait... Help us not to waver, but give us the gift of joy in Christ, who has come and is coming again to make all things new. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.